welcome to Marketer's Brief. I'm Jessica Wall, the food reporter here at AdAge. This episode of our podcast is a bit food-related, even though I'm not speaking with someone from a food brand or a restaurant chain. I'm joined today by Katherine Davis, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Feeding America, the largest U.S. hunger relief organization. Before joining Feeding America in 2016, Catherine was at Leo Burnett as an executive VP and account director on the eSurance and McDonald's accounts. It was a return engagement for Catherine as she had been at Leo earlier in her career, working on accounts including Pillsbury, Green Giant, Amico, and Allstate. She also helped launch communications planning and media buying agency Visium US and has been on the client side at companies including Diageo and Morgan Stanley. We'll discuss what it was like for Catherine to move from the corporate side of marketing and advertising to the nonprofit side. She'll share some of the lessons she's learned since making the switch, what misconceptions there are about hunger in America, and tips for others who might be thinking about switching from corporate to nonprofit. So stick around. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Oracle Data Cloud. Potential by definition is the possibility of achieving more. In the fast-paced world of digital advertising, Oracle Data Cloud has built its legacy on finding the signal through the noise, on unlocking potential. Brands, agencies, publishers, technology platforms, whatever corner of the industry you're in, Oracle Data Cloud brings together data and technology to help you better understand your audience, where to best engage them, and how to measure it all. To realize true potential. Oracle Data Cloud, where better outcomes begin. Learn more at oracledatacloud.com. Now let's get to my conversation with Catherine. Hi, I'm Jessica Wall, reporter at AdAge, and today I'm here with Catherine Davis. Catherine joined Feeding America as its Chief Marketing and Communications Officer in 2016. We got to meet a year or so before when she was working on the account side at Leo Burnett on clients including eSurance and McDonald's. So Catherine, thanks for joining me. Sure, happy to do it. First, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your career journey? Okay, so I actually started at Leo Burnett a million years ago, I would say now. We will not give you exact dates. And then went to the client side. I was a Discover Card at E-Trade, at Diageo, the world's largest liquor company in the world. And then I went and ran a media agency. And some of that happened in New York. And I was in New York for about 15 years, which I loved. But it was time to come home. So... I ended up coming back to Leo Burnett to run McDonald's and insurance. And then, um, interestingly enough, I'd been on some nonprofit boards. I was on the Make-A-Wish of America board for six years, which I loved, and then the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater board, um, which I'm still really passionate about, and for three and a half years. And so I'd moved back to Chicago, and I was just thinking about I wanted to do something to give to give something back when I got a call from one of my friends who sneakily um, sent me a a recruiting spec and asked if I might know somebody in the Chicago market that might be interested in it. And so I read it and I couldn't believe that there were 40 million people in the United States who are hungry. I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me. And I didn't know who Feeding America was and we're the second largest nonprofit in the United States. So I thought, okay, I know how to fix that. And I really want to do something to help people that are hungry. So um, that's how I ended up where I am. And that was two and a half years ago. So we have a, a secret friend to thank for you uh, slyly getting the job. We do. Get, not getting the job, but slyly getting interested in the job, I should say. We do. She worked with me at Diageo. So, yeah. Um, and I couldn't be happier that I did it. It just, 
it's been an amazing experience that was very different in some ways than I thought it would be. Um, I had no idea how complex our whole distribution model would be. We really look at, at um, the supply and distribution of food at every different point of the value chain, whether that's produce and getting things out of the fields to manufacturers, to retailers, to prepared people who make prepared foods. And then we need to get it to the 200 food banks around the United States and then to the 60,000 food pantries and soup kitchens. So it impacts virtually every, every um, county in America. So in your role day to day, are you mostly working with people within the organization? Are you working people with people at the local food banks? How does, how does the, the setup go? So I actually, because of what I do, comms and marketing and operations, which I also have at the moment, um, I work a lot with both, right? From an internal perspective, we need to collaborate with virtually everybody across the Feeding America network, but also from an external perspective. Um, we need partners who can help us create incredible content. And Leo Burnett, my alma mater, has done a huge amount of work for us over the last six to nine months. Um, we work with media partners and publishers. So it really is both. Let's talk a little bit about making the switch from corporate to nonprofit. You mentioned how you were on some boards before you took this position. So you were familiar with the nonprofit world. Right. But it's a bit different being on a board and coming in from time to time versus being at a role full time. Yes. So were there any assumptions that you had going into the the role that turned out to be false or? So I would say the biggest surprise that I had was when I first started thinking about it, I thought, okay, so everybody is going to want to help people that are hungry. And in fact, that's not true. And people have a lot of biases, I think, because there's so many issues that people want to help with and people want to solve. And so people believe that most of the people that are hungry are homeless, which is not true. And in fact, I think it's 54% have a job or two jobs or three jobs. So I think there's this huge misperception about the people are who need food. And as a result of that, people have these expectations of things that must be true in order for them to feel good about helping them, which really surprised me. You've said before that a lot of people actually blame the people who are hungry for being hungry. Yes. That's something that came across in research that you did pretty early on when you when you joined the organization, right? Yes, and I think somebody said it in a focus group best, if I'm gonna give my hard-earned money to somebody, I wanna make sure that they need it. And so people are, are much more receptive to kids, for example, um, because kids are blameless. They couldn't possibly have put themselves in that position or made a bad decision. People want people it to be episodic, that it was something that was completely out of their control, which for the most part I think is, is true. And so they just have these really high expectations that I didn't think that they would have. So how did that lead to ideas that came out in the, in the marketing and various work that you've done with the organization? So I think the, the first thing that, that we had to focus on was the fact that 
that hunger is a lot different than you think it is. It's really hidden. And that a lot of the people that you interact with every day, um, whether that's somebody at a store or behind a counter, may not have enough food to eat when they go home. And so we tried to depict that through individual stories to make people think about it in a different way. And it's been really successful for us. What have been some of the challenges that you've run into? Um, you have resources. You are the, the largest um, hunger organization in the country, but you're still at a nonprofit. So are you running into challenges that are different from being on the corporate side? Oh, absolutely. Having come from a media agency in particular, I'm used to buying media and we can't do that. We just don't have the dollars to do that. And so our media comes from from people who donated to us. So while we have all this amazing content and we've had so many people help us develop that, we have to find distribution for it. The PSA market over the last couple of years has gotten much more difficult. We, st we finally started to see that television market that everybody said was eroding really started to erode. And so the actual inventory that was available for PSAs has gone down considerably. And that's happened across the board. And then last year's stock market and a variety of other factors caused donations for all nonprofits to go down last year. We were one of the rare exceptions. We were up pretty significantly, but it's a much tougher market than it used to be. Talk about the inventory and how you work with media partners just a little bit. We don't have to get into the, yep. the nitty gritty details, but there are probably listeners out there who aren't familiar with how PSAs actually wind up yep. running. So we work primarily with the Ad Council who secures inventory from publishers and television um, networks. They have 40 clients and we develop work once a year generally. And then we send that out to PSA directors and those directors decide whether or not they're going to run our spots. And because hunger is a virtually universal issue, there's so many issues right now that are that tend to be partisan in one direction or another. And, and that's not true. We have an equal number of Republicans and Democrats that feel strongly that people shouldn't be hungry. And so um, they tend to pick up our spots pretty readily. But if there is less inventory and less time, then everyone's share is going to go down. And like everybody else, you've been looking beyond traditional media to find places to tell your stories. So could you give our listeners a few examples of some of the ways that you've maybe thought outside the, the nonprofit box, if you will? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I'm really passionate about is new platforms and I, new platforms and new technologies. And I believe fundamentally, if you are a first mover, then you're going to get more than your fair share. And so we actually added someone who does nothing but new platform development. And that includes things like um, voice search, like Alexa and Amazon, um, things like Twitch which is so important because the, the mechanisms to donate money are fundamentally built into those systems, right? Because of all the micropayments. And so um, we're trying to look at, at those kinds of alternate distribution vehicles in order not only to raise awareness and drive consideration, but also to get all the way down to the donation. So what percentage of your marketing is allocated now to those new platforms? Um, about 10%. I would say, which is like any kind of standard 70-20-10 model. Um, 
I think we're also looking, we're working with, with, we're starting to work with some media partners to try to put together some more purpose-driven programs for marketers, um, which I think we're just starting to get a little bit of traction on. So we're looking at a wide variety of, of different models that we wouldn't have looked at three years ago. What um, advice do you have? And, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, but you see people who are looking to make a switch in their career. Mm-hmm. You've made a switch in your career going from the agency side and the brand side now to the nonprofit side. What advice would you have for people thinking about that, making that kind of a switch? Find something that you love doing or that you're passionate about and make sure that the nonprofit that you go to is consistent with the kind of corporate culture that you thrive in. So for me, I've always been driven by curiosity and innovation, and that's been really important in every job that I've taken. Probably the reason that I've taken a slightly circuitous route. Um, I find that interesting and I find that stimulating. Feeding America is very focused on innovation. We're very attuned to our supply chain, what's happening in packaged goods, in food, and how we respond to that. Um, and I think we have a very innovative culture in general. We do a lot of test and learning, and that's really important because we have this amazingly big issue to solve, and I think innovation's the way to do it. So give me an example of what you mean by innovation. What is something that Feeding America is doing that maybe other nonprofits aren't doing or should be paying attention to? So I think, um, and not that other nonprofits necessarily aren't doing that because they may very well be doing it, but so for example, one of the things that we recently did was introduce a product called Meal Connect with, and Google helped us develop that. And that was basically designed to identify those smaller providers of food. So somebody who might have 50 pounds of meat, for example, in a neighborhood and get that more directly to a food pantry or someone who needs it. Um, which really solves a whole position in the market. We're also looking at online ordering for people who need it instead of having to wait in line or go somewhere. You know, there are all these seniors, for, for example, that don't have, that are not mobile, right? They don't really have any way to get there. And if they did, it's heavy to pick up big bags of food. So um, we're looking at those kinds of programs. Some of the things that the networks are, that the network is doing are pretty amazing and and it's as different as the geography and the populations in those areas. And so can you take an idea from one market and pass it along? Are you a a conduit in that way, passing along the the ideas from one market to another? Yes, and in fact, that's how we get scale, right? Is somebody in San Antonio does an amazing program um, that helps people get jobs and trains them and then we can take that and pick that up and replicate that in other markets. And I think that's really key, not only to helping the individual food banks perform better, but also to getting it to happen more quickly. When you're in a, a corporate world, your mm-hmm. work is measured. It's mm-hmm. There's quarterly earnings or there are campaigns and you see what the results are when it comes to sales, the sales of those products based on their campaigns. How are you measuring the success, tracking the success of your team? So um, from a business standpoint, we have many, many metrics, whether that's pounds of food or what kinds of foods, nutritious foods are incredibly important. From a marketing perspective, I can track anything. 50% of my revenue comes from digital channels 
And um, I will just put out a little plug. We are great partners and really good at beta tests because we can get you the results and what happens from a donor standpoint. Nice little plug there. I know. Thank you. That's Had a, to do it. You are a marketer after <laughs> I all. I am a marketer after all. Yeah. Is there anything you miss from the corporate side? No. Really. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think I work with incredibly smart people. We are trying to solve a big, meaty issue that has a lot of complexity associated with it. We're helping people that aren't necessarily in a position to help themselves, which is not necessarily something that I would find in a corporate environment. Um, no, there isn't really anything that I miss. We have so much to do. I'll be busy for a while. And how big is the team that you have working with you? Uh, you, first of all, to be clear, you you work in Chicago, and then the I work in Chicago. Yeah, uh, organization also has offices in in DC. Yeah, right. And then two hundred food banks around the United States, who are separate five hundred one Cs, but we work with closely. But the team that you work with day to day are they mainly in Chicago with you? Yes, we have a couple people that that um, work remotely, but for the most part, and we have a fairly substantial team um, of communications professionals, marketers and brand experts. Do you find most of the people who come to you or people who are working there before you joined, did most of them come up through the nonprofit world or did they come over from the, the corporate side like you did? I would say 50-50. Um, I think probably because what we do involves so many corporate partners. We're sourcing and, distri and distributing food from them um, that that's a channel that makes a lot of sense from a marketing perspective. I have a huge number of people who come from both. I think there's a huge desire to have a sense of purpose. Um, and I've gotten an amazingly smart team. And then I've got some people who feel passionately about the issue of hunger and in some cases grew up being hungry. We have some people with lived experience. Um, so I would say it's pretty diverse. What's been the most rewarding part of it for you? The team and, and being able to, to know at the end of the day that we're helping people eat. If you can't eat, you can't do anything, right? And that hierarchy of, of things that you can address, um, you can't go to school, you can't focus, you can't concentrate, you can't get a job. Um, we're helping people eat. Has it been easier for you to get donations or to reach out to people given as it isn't a, a partisan issue as you mentioned earlier um do you think feeding america maybe has an advantage over other causes in that way i do i think that that fundamentally businesses want to help and when you look at all the studies people want businesses to step in in a much different way than they used to when i think they relied more solely on government so there's a desire to do that, but I think it can be really tough for a marketer, um, particularly for an issue that's polarizing. And it's part of the reason that I think it's so important that as a marketer, when you're thinking about doing this, that you really understand your core target audience, how they feel, what their underlying core values are, and what makes the most sense from a strategic standpoint for your business. But Yes, the fact that we are in every county in America and 
were an issue that's nonpartisan, I think is a huge advantage for us. And do you see more companies looking to partner with you because of that cause marketing push that we're seeing? Yes. I'm nodding my head. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, Absolutely. It, is it is it being driven by a younger generation or do you feel like across the board consumers want to buy from brands that stand for something? I think it's across the board. I think the numbers are slightly higher from um, the younger that it gets. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. All the volunteers are 55 plus because they have the time to volunteer, right? So I think some things are just life stage based. One of the things we found in particular is that the key factor um, that determines whether people want to help people who are hungry is being a mom. And then that goes through every single age. And it's because they, they can't imagine kids being hungry, whether that's their kids, their grandkids, um, that's the group that most strongly identifies with hunger. So is that your biggest, biggest target audience? For sure. Any last thoughts, Catherine, that we didn't touch on? Um, no. I think, um, I hope that everybody um, picks the thing they're passionate about and does something to help. Um, there are an awful lot of things. Clearly, I have a passion for hunger. And, um, but I think it's important that people do something. Right. I think we're it's all about about being able to help the community and about being able to give back in some way, shape or form. And sometimes that's money and sometimes that's having a conversation about an issue and raising awareness. And, you know, sometimes that's about volunteer or sharing something on social media. So as a big social media fan, as you know, it's really nice to see that um, out there a lot more often. Um, so do something else. All right. I think we can leave it there. Thank you so much, Catherine Davis, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Catherine Davis, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Feeding America, for joining me today. I'm Jessica Wall, and you've been listening to Marketer's Brief, produced by Max Sternlich. Thanks again to our sponsor, Oracle Data Cloud. Potential by definition is the possibility of achieving more. In the fast-paced world of digital advertising, Oracle Data Cloud has built its legacy on finding the signal through the noise, on unlocking potential. Brands, agencies, publishers, technology platforms, whatever corner of the industry you're in, Oracle Data Cloud brings together data and technology to help you better understand your audience, where to best engage them, and how to measure it all to realize true potential. Oracle Data Cloud, where better outcomes begin. Learn more at oracledatacloud.com. And you can check us out at adage.com. Please make sure you subscribe to Marketer's Brief wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.